So please be advised that on April 16th, um, 2020, from 4 to 5, there will be a behavioral health and special education subcommittee meeting held through remote participation. The purpose of the behavioral health and special ed subcommittee meeting is to introduce new members of the subcommittee, identify shared goals, and schedule meetings for the academic year. Pursuant to Governor Baker's March 12, 2020 order suspending certain provisions of the open meeting law, GLC 30A, Section 18, and the governor's March 15, 2020 order imposing strict limitations on the number of people they may gather in one place, this meeting of the Medford School Committee will be conducted via remote participation to the greatest extent possible. Specific information and the general guidelines for remote participation by members of the public and our parties with a right and or requirement to attend this meeting can be found on the City of Medford web website, medfordmass.org. For this meeting, members of the public who wish to listen or watch the meeting may do so by accessing the meeting link contained on the posting. No in-person attendance of mem members of the public will be permitted, but every effort will be made to ensure that the public can adequately access the proceedings in real time via technical technological means. In the event that we are unable to do so, despite best efforts, we will post on the City of Medford, Medford Community website. That's just in the event that we go down. Um, this will also be, this is being recorded and will also be posted um, in Medford Community Media and can be viewed on Comcast Channel 22 and Verizon Channel 43 at 5 p.m. Um, um, and if you have any questions during the meeting um, that you, and you want to, you can email them to me, Melanie McLaughlin, M-E-L-A-N-I-E-M-C-L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N, at medford.k12.ma.us. Um, submissions should include the following, your first and last name, your Medford Street address, and your question or comment. Um, we're, you know, it's a subcommittee meeting. We can be a little more flexible as well. If we find that, you know, um, it's too difficult to email me, you can raise your hand or um, use the chat button. I'll have the chat, I'll have my chat open on the screen as well. Um, and then the agenda is we're going to update Folks on the newly created subcommittee will do introductions um, and an understanding of shared interest, identified shared goals, and um, scheduled meetings for the upcoming academic year. Um, and so I'll introduce myself. I'm Melanie Perkins McLaughlin, um, Medford School Committee member and co-chair of the newly formed Behavioral Health and Special Education Subcommittee for which this meeting is being held. Um, and uh, perhaps what we can do, I'm looking at the number of attendees here um, and it's, it's a good size, so I'm glad to see that. Um, maybe we can do introductions first. I'd like to introduce my um, co-subcommittee um, members. Uh, um, Paul, do you wanna just say hello and then um, Mia? Hi, this is Paul Rousseau. How's everybody doing? Well, I won't make you all unmute to say the answer to that question, but... <laughs> um, um, is there four of us here? Yes, but Kathy, it can be, I think, watching and not participating. Is that right? Well, that, I, I didn't even see Kathy. That makes five. Oh, five. Yeah. Bri uh, Brianna, the mayor's here as well. Okay. As long as they know that they can't speak. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I just, I didn't know what, I just wanted to tune in because I, I haven't sure. been to a meeting like this yet. So I, I is that okay? Of course, Kathy. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yes, yeah I was just very curious. Okay. We're glad but I'm to not have gonna, you. I'm just going to mute and um, I have the video off so you don't have to see me. All right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm invisible. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Hello, everyone. Thanks, Kathy. And then Mia. Thanks, Paul. 
Um, and then um, Mia is also um, on the Behavioral Health and Special Education um, Subcommittee. Mia, do you want to just say hello to folks? Just um, happy to see so many people and look forward to coming up with some great goals for the committee. Thank you. Um, and then I know it, I see a number of family members and staff members as well. We did extend specific invitations to a few folks um, for this particular subcommittee as we are um, combining uh, subcommittee or creating a new subcommittee, which is a combination of two very broad topics in our school schools. Um, we had had a special education subcommittee for the past, has it been two years, Joan, Tanya? I think it was two I years. I think so. Yeah, yeah, two years. Time flies, right? <laughs> sure does. So for folks who don't know who are on the um, on the meeting as well, um, Director of Pupil Services, Joan Bowen um, is here. Joan, thank you. Hi, everyone. Nice to see you all tonight. And um, uh, Program Coordinator of Clinical Services, uh, Stacy Shulman. Hi there. Um, Co-Chair of Medford Special Education Parent Advisory Council, Tanya Sullivan. Tanya. Um, and then we invited um, general education teacher, Michael Skorker at Medford High School. Oh. Hi, Mr. Skorker. Hi, guys. And special education teacher, Carla Andre, also of the high school. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yes, and um, principal of the Curtis Tufts, Lisa Kingsley, is on the call as well. Um, so we're trying to round out sort of the, at least the initial um, core group for the invitations to the subcommittee, um, which is now um, behavioral health and special education um, subcommittee. Um, and in the past, the special education subcommittee's purpose was um, was created by uh, former school committee member. The subcommittee was created by former school committee member Aaron De Benedetto and Medford Special Education Parent Advisory Council. Um, and over the last year, they they had defined goals of um, increasing disability awareness in our district and increasing inclusive um, inclusivity with our before and after school programs. Um, and we spent the past probably you know year and a half working on those goals. Um, and had some great um, output to, to, you know, share for that. Joan, do you want to share a little bit about what we did or would you rather I do? It's well, this is my first year on the oh, right. actual oh, subcommittee because, yeah. <laughs> That's right. How can so. I forget? Right. It seems like a lifetime ago that Kathy Medaglio was here too, right? <laughs> Correct. Uh, how much, I know, right? <laughs> this was the year, Joan, for you. Um, sorry, Joan Bowen's um, new uh, uh, director of people services this year. So Kathy Medaglia was with us for the past two years. So um, anyway, we worked, um, Tanya, if you want to speak to a little bit of our work, um, feel free. If not, I'm happy to. And actually, if you could do that, Mel, I haven't had time to. Put yeah, fine. Um, primarily, we worked on, as we said, disability awareness um, within the district. And one of the things that we um, um, helped uh negotiate was working with um, uh, Susanna Campbell uh, to create a disability awareness course that's been very well received. Um, I think there are some folks here that were on that course and they, you know, that were in that course previously, they should feel free to um, raise their hand if they want to share their experience with that. I know last year it was 40, excuse me, people enrolled um, and there was really positive response from that and that staff members, um, administration, teachers, other staff, 
Uh, it was taught in the spring with guest speakers, families, students, self-advocates. It was um, going to be happening again this spring. Um, and as of right now, there's no uh, remote plan for that, but we'll, um, you know, that may be something that we want to talk about today. Um, the superintendent uh, joined us as well. Hello, Superintendent Edward Vincent. Thank you for joining. Um, so we were just talking about what the special education subcommittee had achieved in the past with the disability awareness program. Um, we also did an adaptive books um, uh, project where we had 30 um, elementary school books that were adapted for all learners um, and shared with the four elementary school libraries. That was through a grant from the Brooks um, PTO. And there was a summer project where staff got together over a week to adapt um, material for uh, all learners. And um, staff even went so far as to adapt a Harry Potter book, which was really um, wonderful to see. There are 30 copies of elementary books at the libraries that are adapted uh, in our schools and also at the public library. That was also part of the disability awareness program. Um, for the subcommittee. We also did um, work around training with disability awareness with the after school program, um, the before school program, and the summer fun camp. Um, and I think the special education department, Kathy Medaglio, who's the director of pupil services at the time, is not here now to talk to this, um, but worked directly with the um, Anthony Petrellis at the Medford Summer Fun Camp to um, work on disability awareness. And we were planning on doing the same with this summer with some potential partnerships with the EMARC, um, which is now called Communitas, which is a um, our local ARC, which is uh, uh, one of the oldest family uh, disability related organizations in this in the country and are they're all sort of centralized uh regionally and ours is uh communitas and so they provide training to schools uh for disability awareness as well so we were going to be bringing them in um, potentially for this summer fun program um and that is an update on what we had been doing as the special education um subcommittee in the past um and I'd love it if people want to just sort of, you know, jump in. Maybe this is a good opportunity um, for Mr. Skorker and Miss um, Andre to speak a little bit to their interest in this topic. I know um, you folks have been working a little bit with what generally can be called reverse inclusion um, in, in some context, but maybe um, you want to share with us a little bit about what that is and what that experience has been for you guys. Sure. Um, yeah, so Mr. Skorker and I, um, along with some students who had um, a great idea to, you know, provide meaningful inclusion to specifically students in my classroom. Um, I teach more of a life skills classroom. So originally the idea was to um, create a reverse inclusion class where we're inviting students of the general population into my classroom, um, you know, rather than, I'm really big on the term meaningful. So rather than, uh, you know, put students in general ed English or chemistry, um, you know, where they might not get as much out of it, you know, we felt that this was a, a better way um, to provide that to my students. And so, Michael, if you want to speak on it a little bit more, um, you know, we, I, when I was looking for a group of students to start this with, I looked at the CCSR. I thought that was a great group to begin with. Um, I do have a lot of, I guess, you know, really general ideas on a smaller scale in terms of at Medford High School. I think inclusion does look different 
at a high school level than it might at an elementary school level. Um, and I do think that it is challenging to find those opportunities for meaningful inclusion. But, um, you know, ac across the board, I think that it doesn't have to just be um, reverse inclusion within my classroom. We could we could stick it in other places, in other electives, in other places where we see that it could be meaningful. So, Carla, thank you. I, I'll, I'll follow up a little bit on that. Um, First of all, it's been a it's been a pleasure to work with Carla and her students. They're they're absolutely wonderful. Um, they're a ray of sunshine, and, and I've gotten to know them very well um, as well over the past uh, over the past year, the past couple of years. And um, it really started, you know, two years ago. Was it two years ago, Carla? Or maybe a little, uh, maybe three years ago. Mm -hmm. um, we started. Um, I have a class that's uh, called Diversity Community Enrichment, and the students who sign up for that class are interested in doing projects to make the world a better place to help other people. And so Carla and I started talking and um, my students were very interested in, in going into Miss Andre's class and, and working with her students and developing, um, helping to develop lesson plans to um, engage all students so that all students are, um, are having a good time and learning at the same time. And it's been really wonderful as Carla, Carla said, um, my students have said it was the it's been the best experience of their high school um, career. And as, as a matter of fact, some of my students um, who used to go um, into Miss Andre's class um, actually eat lunch with these students as well. They formed a really um, strong friendship, a really strong connection. Um, one of the students, um, her name is Jackie Madigan. She actually spent last week writing letters to Carla's students, um, snail mail letters and um, she, I know she sent them out and she's, she's excited for them to get them and hopefully we get some responses back. But if not, it doesn't matter because the, the whole point was we're just trying to reach out and trying to be inclusive of all. And that's what, that's what the CCSR is all about. That's what we're about at Medford. And uh, we're gonna continue to do this wonderful work to, to reach all people, to, um, to give people something to look forward to while we're all stuck at home. And um, we've done a lot of events over the, the CCSR has done a lot of events over the last couple of, of weeks and we continue to, we're going to continue to do so for that reason. Thank you. Mr. You guys have been um, really remarkable in um, what you're doing, Carla and um, Michael. And, you know, we love what the CCSR is about and who you stand for. And I don't know if um, Tanya, you can yeah. share a little bit about your experience. Yeah, so um, my son is in Carla's class for part of his day, and um, he really looks forward to Common Ground. He gets super excited. Um, even when he was going to school, he'd get really excited on the days that it was happening. Um, he has actually attended basketball games with some of the kids from CCSR uh, because of the Common Ground program. Uh, and actually, um, yeah, I think it was Jackie, is Jackie or Emily? I think it was Jackie that did send a letter to Joe, um, he was super excited to get mail. Um, he sent her an email right away. She gave her email address, her phone number, um, and she's reached out to him a few times since this um, whole level of crazy started. So it's 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 an amazing program. I I totally endorse it. Love it. Hope that it um, you know embellishes and and keeps going and becomes curriculum. Mm, building yeah. Could I just add one thing um, to just to I just want to give a quick um, a shout out to Jackie, but also to let you know that 
yesterday she was on, I believe his name is Carl, Carl Stevens uh, radio program show. So he interviewed her about the common ground program and about the letters she's been sending. And I believe it aired last night. I have a clip I can share with you all after this is over, if you'd like to see it, but I only have her clip. I I'd have to look for the whole program, but she, I know it broadcasted last night. Um, if I could also just add something, um, we are continuing it remotely as well. Um, my class does a, a meeting every day at 1030 and we've had several of um, Mr. Scorker's students, be, they've come in and been part of the meeting. So that's been great. And the kids are really excited when they come in. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I think, um, so we're talking a little bit about, you know, what the experience has been in um, special education and um, with the merger of the behavioral health component to this subcommittee, um, you know, we'll be addressing behavioral health as well. And I did have an opportunity to go for a walk with a parent last week who was also a licensed mental health um, counselor. Um, she's a parent of a child at the high school and also someone who's in the CCSR program who was sharing with me um, her concern that these were two such broad subjects um, put into one um, subcommittee. But um, after some reflection and talking about um, this, there are ways that we can sort of plan moving ahead how this can work. And I like that we're all together here um, in this experience and moving forward, we may um, just think about if we're scheduling, if we want to alternate topics for um, the year and how we're uh, addressing goals for the year or, um, you know, the meetings that we're, if we're having an hour long meeting, if we want to split them in half or do some checkerboarding, but we can be thinking about that as we're sort of processing today a little bit. So I just want to sort of put that there. But um, Stacy, I'm wondering if you can um, just give us a little bit of an introduction for folks who don't know you um, and let us know um, what your role is in the schools, please. Sure. So hi, good evening. I'm Stacy Shulman. Um, I'm a licensed mental health counselor. Um, and I, my title is the Supervisor of Clinical and Behavioral Services for Medford Public Schools, which means I oversee um, the team of school adjustment counselors, school psychologists, as well as all of the behaviorists, BCBAs and behavior specialists. Um, we work as a team from, you know, when students enter Medford Public Schools, um, all the way through transition programs to support them through mental health as well as behavioral services. Thank you. Um, and so as we're sort of thinking about this subcommittee, we're thinking about, you know, what the needs in, are for our students in Medford. And I know that the pandemic and the in COVID has thrown a whole <laughs> other light on um, the situation here. So I know that um, we've always, you know, had mental health and behavioral health and social emotional um, health and learning at the top of um, the list for needs for our students, but clearly that is um, becoming even more and more apparent, I think, with the longer that we're um, self-isolating and the longer that students are in these situations. So um, I'm sure you're incredibly busy and inundated with things that are going on right now. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I'm obviously very concerned about students being alone, isolated. Um, for our younger students, certainly for behavioral concerns, um, social emotional for our older students, we're seeing a lot of their um, natural rhythm being changed, sleeping, you know, all hours of the day, up all night with worry. Mm -hmm. um, 
my counseling staff is reaching out to all of their students and families, which has gone pretty well. A lot of students are taking them up on, um, you know, remote counseling services, as well as referrals from staff um, to speak with their students. We're also putting together a fairly robust professional development program virtually. Next week, we'll start by offering mindfulness, um, and that'll be for teachers themselves, as, where, as well as how to um, enmesh it into their classroom virtually um, during this time. You know, one of the challenges with the COVID-19 is that it produces um, in and of itself anxiety. And, and a lot of that is warranted um, for our well-being, but it also requires a lot of isolation. Um, and when you are working with those who are experiencing either a formal diagnosis of anxiety or depression or symptoms, the recommendations are to push against both of those things. Um, to sort of connect with others and to expose yourself to your fear. And neither of those are possible at this time. So one of the most effective um, treatments um, that can reduce tension and stress um, on our bodies is to participate in mindfulness um, as well as meditation if we can. Great, thank you. Um, I know it's really sort of broad to think about and I guess, um, I'm wondering how folks want to proceed just in terms of the agenda, but we were talking about, you know, identifying um, goals and benchmarks for the upcoming ap academic year. So if we're thinking about specifically, you know, behavioral health um, sort of as, you know, uh, perhaps one bucket and special education, um, you know, as another back bucket with obvious interconnectivity um, and, um, crossover between them. I'd be curious from folks that are here on the call, um, just in sort of broad aspect, if there are folks who want to give a word or two or a topic or two that they feel like would be really important to focus on. Um, yeah. Hi, D Denise Desjardins. Want to introduce yourself first, Denise? Sure. I'm Denise Desjardins. I'm one of um, the related service providers um, for a long time in Medford Public Schools and have worked with Carla um, as well. Um, and I know Joan's on the, hi Joan. <laughs> um, just, um, I think there's a couple of things. One, to me, it was eye-opening and amazing. Um, I came back into working with some of the high schoolers this year in my role. I'm actually um, one of the school's um, physical therapists, but um, I came back into working with some of the high schools and to walk into what Carla had set up was pretty amazing. Um, and Carla and I have spent a few sessions that I've been up there trying to talk about how to get that into the middle and elementary schools. Um, because as, as somebody who's tried um, to work really hard on inclusion, um, it is, there's a lot of roadblocks. There's a lot of, so um, I think it might be helpful on some level to identify some of those roadblocks. Um, you know, Carla's, Carla was lucky enough to kind of I don't know how she did it. She came up with a great plan because as she said, she's super organized. Um, but I think I'm not sure we have somebody in the under level middle school and elementary school. Uh, maybe, maybe we do. Um, but I don't, I don't want to speak out of term, but I, I, I don't know if we have a collar in the younger below high school to be able to do what she's done. Um, it's tough. There are a lot of roadblocks. Um, a lot of roadblocks. And I think maybe identifying some of those roadblocks um, certainly might 
be one of the goals of why we can't do, why it's hard to set up what Carla set up at the high school and elementary and middle school? I don't well, know. Yeah, thank you, um, Denise. I, I think that um, it would be helpful to see sort of, you, you know, obviously what Mr. Scorker and um, what Michael and Carla are doing um, is an exemplar for the rest of our district. And so I think it's really nice to be able to have an exemplar so that we have a model that we can look at. Um, and so maybe what we're doing is exploring what's working with that model and how we replicate it in other systems. Um, that could be potentially something um, that we're looking at. And I will say, having been um, prior to my role in the um, subcommittee, you know, full disclosure, I want to share. I have three children um, in the district, um, and I have one on a 504, uh, two children in the district. I'm sorry, one's in college, um, one on a 504, one um, receiving uh, IE, on an IEP, receiving special education services. And um, in the past, I was the co chair of the Special Ed Parent Advisory Council for um, six years, and we did do a survey. Um, two years ago, um, our uh, interim co-chair, Alex Lorick, who is on the call as well right now, um, created a survey um, this week as well for the COVID that we'll be presenting, um, that they'll be presenting next Monday. But we did a survey two years ago. And the number one concern, I think it was, I don't have the data in front of me, but we certainly can share it with the, um, with the subcommittee, um, was friendships. Um, this was a, a survey that was done for parents of children with disabilities in our district. Um, and we had a, um, a, a valid response in terms of the data response. We had 10% uh, at least of our respondents um, replied to the survey. And um, what we learned was that we, I was a little surprised, frankly, I thought, you know, there was going to be other sort of uh, chief concerns, but probably first and foremost was friendships among um among the children, um, among the students. So I think this is a really good example for that. So maybe it's about expanding friendships through an exemplar program, um, potentially. But anyone else yet? Uh, Mayor Lungo Kern? Thank you, uh, Member McLaughlin. Just, I think it's a great program. I know Jackie Madigan personally, um, and I think it's great to have that up at the high school. And I know there's some students that help others in our elementary school as well. Do, do Is this program in the elementary or the middle schools at all? No, not right now. And you're, you're speaking specifically, this is Superintendent Vincent speaking, uh, about the great work that Carla and uh, Michael are doing. I do think, though, as we think about um, goals moving forward, we can definitely look deeper into examining it. But we have to keep in mind that um, there are 125 teachers, for example, at the high school. And anything that is a change in formalized working conditions mm -hmm. is subject to bargaining. So we're not able to make a blanket statement about, you know, how instruction can take place. I think um, the reverse inclusion and the classrooms that have co-teaching that's actually going on right now, that that was, um, the co-teaching was something that was collectively bargained and teachers are getting trained. I think what's critically important is the training and the professional development that is available. Because when you have a vision of something that you would like to see accomplished, you need to be able to provide ad adequate training for that so that you have true buy-in. Because if something becomes a mandate that 
you have to do something because you have to do it, then you don't get the, the, the level of buy-in and, um, that you would really want to see happen. So we definitely, um, support, uh, you know, inclusion and creating, uh, greater opportunities for inclusion and incorporating inclusive practices. Um, we just each school has, um, uh, a different makeup. And so what, um, Carla has been able to do specifically with, with, um, Mr. Scorker's classroom and incorporating, building upon the CCSR, um, you know, framework of students, you know, reaching out, giving back to the community and making the world a better place to, to be in. Um, that is something as a district that we're continuing to scale up and grow, but professional development would, is something that would definitely be, um, critically important to teach people different strategies, different ways that it can happen. So I just wanted to um, put that piece out there because as you're thinking about realistic goals um, for this particular subcommittee, if it were to be something like um, continuing the specialized professional development where this subcommittee will be addressing both special needs and uh, special education needs and behavioral health needs. And we have Miss um, Joan Bowen and uh, Stacey Shulman that there are ways where we could leverage their skill set to say, let's offer something in collaboration with inviting CPAC and in collaboration with this subcommittee to be able to um, provide that quality professional development and build the capacity, build the muscle of the team. So start build, you know, have that group of people who take that initiative on, and then it almost becomes a train the trainer model where you're able to see it grow gradually, but grow with deep roots. So I just, you know, wanted to provide that little piece of um, background. Thank you. Thank you. And I think that that definitely has been with the disability awareness um, program that Susanna exactly. did last year was sort of the start for that. Yes, Ms. Caldwell? Can you unmute yourself or do you want me to do it? Oh, you got it. Got it. Thank you. Yep. So I, I just want to build upon what the superintendent was talking about. Um, I'm in a really wonderful position because I haven't been able to spend some of my grant money because of where we are right now. Um, uh, my Title IV grant is actually for social-emotional um, concerns that we have. In fact, um, I've given some money to Stacy for the mind mindfulness workshops that she's going to do in the next week and week or two. But if we can come up with some virtual uh, professional development that the superintendent was referencing, I can finance some of that through my Title IV grant. Well, that's not something you hear every day. <laughs> right. That's great. I'm I, that's our silver lining, I guess. That is. Yes. I have a million ideas, so <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, we have a parent, um, Heather McKinnon. Hi, yes. Um, I'm a parent to um, four-year-old son, Henry, who's a Robert, and um, he has a I uh, am one of the parents who leads the ISD support group, 
at um, the Medford Family Network and additionally um, am board chair there. Um, one of the initiatives that we as a group have wanted to take on is bringing in um, the Best Buddies program. And Melanie even sat in on, on one of these meetings with, with our local chapter. I also spoke, I believe, with Mr. Corker um, that we're going to actually touch base as the school year came to to an end because the high school level already had something sort of blossoming here. Um, I think I could probably recommend a preschool teacher at the Roberts who would be a wonderful contact for building and creating something maybe unique to Medford. And um, I just I have to say, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm honored to be in this, this virtual room and I am in awe of the work that everybody is doing to advance inclusion and acceptance of neurodiversity. So thank you all. And I'm gonna mute myself now that my son's <laughs> heard me speak and is now screaming for me. <laughs> Thanks, Heather. So, so uh, I would I would really love to see what we can do to get there. For folks who might have had a hard time with Heather's audio, I just want to reiterate that um, Heather is one of the co-founders of the Autism Support Group um, in collaboration with the Medford Family Network. Um, and Heather um, and other parents in the support group have been working with identifying the Best Buddies program um, for uh, potentially coming in at the middle school level. Um, the Best Buddies program was at the McGlynn Middle School at, um, at one point a few years ago um, when Pam Cremens was the ETL there. Um, at the time, it was not district-wide because it was considered fairly expensive from what we heard when we were talking with the special ed department. Um, Heather was at a meeting that um, she invited me to with Best Buddies recently, and their costs have gone down significantly um, and are, you know, in incredibly affordable. I was shocked by how affordable um, the program currently is. And we can talk more about that, but that's also um, a friendship program that was created um, and founded out of the um, Special Olympics. So I appreciate that. So it sounds like I'm hearing a theme for friendship for special education. I'm wondering, Stacy um, and others, if we can get some feedback from folks. First, I want to share, we did get some feedback through the email um, for folks regarding um, behavioral um, health, mental health for students. And we are hearing a lot, um, and I'm sure this is no surprise for you, Stacy, around um, anxiety. Uh, and depression for students. And so families especially um, that are uh, experiencing the um, isolation and um, uh, what we're experiencing with um, the world right now, um, student anxiety has gone up uh, significantly. And I think families are really concerned. Um, and I think also, you know, uh, depression, I'm seeing that, you know, just even with um, family communication uh, of, students who don't even want to go outside, who are just sort of, you know, staying in their beds on their electronics, you know, all day long. And um, so I'm eager to hear what folks have to say in terms of a behavioral health perspective. Sure. Can I talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, you know, I think this is a two-pronged approach. One is being able to provide teachers and faculty with the tools in their toolbox. So when students come to them and discuss concerns, um, they are able to respond and refer. 
So we have done multiple trainings in the past, mental health 101. We have done, um, you know, uh, psychological first aid. We have mental health first aid, sorry. We have done a lot of trainings around mental health. However, I think it is time for a refresher. Um, I will be putting out a professional development. This is free um, for psychological first aids in schools. It was designed as a trauma response. And I'm not saying that students are going to be come back. Every student is going to come back with trauma symptoms, but I certainly expect um, some to. Um, and those will be exhibited as anxiety and depression. The other thing is that I'm working um, intensely with our counseling staff to look at their caseload and think about service delivery in a slightly different manner. Um, so students they may had seen individually before were looking at groups um, and offering groups to many students. A lot of them are going through trainings right now um, that we've set up for trauma response as well as cognitive behavioral therapy for groups. So we'll be looking at a way to work with staff to identify students in the first few weeks and sort of sort them into these counseling groups um, that we can do in school to serve as many students as we can. That's great. Is there anyone else that wants to speak to this topic? Heather? I'm just going to say this as, as a parent with a child on an IEP who has autism and has behavioral issues. We, of course, are seeing regressions. I mean, he is, you know, absolutely joyful and wonderful and, and all of that. But we are also, and this is rather personal, but we are also going through a divorce. So we're having a lot of weird, not able to see dad, not able to do this, not able to leave the house. And it's, it's, I, I see the trauma in my kid and, and I'm really delighted that people are thinking critically about this and, um, in any way that I can be helpful, please let me know and I would love to be contributor in any possible way. Learning, just advocating, whatever it might be. So thank you very much. Thank you, Heather. Um, so, you know, I know it's sort of broad to think about, you know, identifying a goal for the upcoming ap academic year. Um, but sort of if we can think to that purpose, just it's 20 of five, we're going to finish at five. So we've got 20 minutes to sort of just think about, you know, identifying potentially a goal that we want to expand for, you know, special education for behavioral health. Um, I mean, I don't know if folks want to talk to a little bit. Um, and it sounds to me, is it right? Am I assuming correctly that folks are leaning towards expanding friendships for a special education goal? Is that something that folks are feeling? Do you want to give a thumbs up if that's, yeah, thumbs up if that's something that you guys, so I'm seeing, yeah, I'm seeing a pretty good consensus on, okay. So maybe we can focus on um, goals for expanding friendships um, for um, students uh, with disabilities. Um, over the next ac academic year, and obviously we'll break that down into some more specifics, um, particularly as you know um, the superintendent was talking about professional development, maybe some remote learning. I you know um, 
have some resources that we can share um, as we come together and think about our next meeting. Um, we can have a clear agenda um, that's not so abstract as today's. Today, we were just really trying to brainstorm. So um, the good news is, okay, Denise, um, just Jardins, just raise your hand, but looks like the good news is we've been able to narrow down one um, of the broad subjects to friendships, but Denise, yeah. Well, I, again, similar to what Kyle has done, I mean, it would seem to me that a short-term goal, if we're looking at short-term and long-term goals, would just certainly take what Kyle has done with her program at the high school and transfer it to the two similar programs at the McGlynn. There's one in McGlynn Elementary and McGlynn Middle. And I don't think it would take much for that to happen. Thank you. Yeah, I think we'll break it down a little bit more for our next meeting, but I think that's a great point. Um, and Stacey, I'd love to get to some, you know, identified goal if we can. I think it's reasonable if we could think about, especially since this is, we have a lot going on right now. It's, you know, obviously what's going on in the state of the world, but that this is a broad committee that we want to, you know, have some firm goals for the year and schedule. Um, you know, meetings, you know, I want to, I'm thinking about probably quarterly meetings or maybe um, a little bit more for each of the topics. So maybe six meetings over the, um, over the next year to think about the topics I have. Um, I, I know you're not David Kingsley, but that's what your name is saying. <laughs> but I'm just going to, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Sorry. I'm echoing. Am I still echoing or can you hear me? Okay. We can hear okay. I just, I just want to make sure that we remember the spectrum of special education students and children with disabilities and that we don't narrow in on a goal that is so specific because within my context, uh, for, the, for those of you who I don't know, I'm the principal of the Curtis Tufts High School, which is a therapeutic setting. So everybody in my school is identified as a student on an IEP with a social emotional disability. I'm also the parent of a kindergartner on an IEP within Medford um, for a speech impairment. And from both my parent perspective and in my professional role within Medford, this the goal of focusing on friendships is wonderful and is great, but it's not necessarily um, what would be the most pressing. Um, given that the students at my school are entirely with other students with disabilities, um, within the social emotional realm, there's a lot of deficits. So I just want to mention that. And as we look, talk to Stacy and look at what those goals are, uh, perhaps we consider how the social emotional realm and the therapeutic supports also merge with special education. Um, and I'm glad to focus on friendships, but I just, there's a wide variety of kids with disabilities and I wanna make sure we're looking at all of their needs. 100%, couldn't agree more. Um, and so that's why I think we're looking at a couple of goals for a couple of topics. So thank you so much, Lisa, for you were logged in under your own name earlier. So I didn't recognize when you had a different name. So I apologize. No worries. I got in first on my phone while I had to download something to my computer. I was okay. able to take over the my husband's workstation for a while. Oh, good. Well, we're glad to have you. Thank you so much. Um, Stacey, do you want to speak to that? Sure. So I think that, you know, the theme we've been seeing in the last few years is um, twofold. One is more students identified with having trauma, um, as well as the new sort of epidemic pandemic we are in now. 
um, <laughs> causing a trauma response. If I were to choose a goal for next year globally, it would be um, to focus on trauma. One, to provide a lot of professional development to staff to assist with identifying and responding, as well as sort of building our capacity internally to respond to those students within the school day. Stacy, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I was just responding to an email from a parent um, that was talking about um, uh, aggressive behavior at home and um, situations at home. And I think that trauma sort of weaves into a lot of what you're discussing. Um, so I think trauma is a really great um, sort of way to think about it, wrapping our mind around, you know, um, a portion of a goal or identifying sort of a broader goal. And then we can break it down a little bit more as well for the behavioral health, mental health component. But I think that, um, I think that that encapsulates a lot of um, the mental health um, need and support in our district. I'm wondering, Lisa, what do you think of that? I think that aligns exactly with what we see the need is of the Curtis. And so much throughout the district. Is there anyone else that sort of wants to comment? Oh, Ms. Bo Joan Bowen. Hi, thank you. So I just wanted to jump in. I do agree with um, both Lisa and Stacy. I think the social emotional um, being proactive about when we do return to school and how that impact is um, going, what the impact is going to have on staff and um, you know, how we integrate students back into the public school setting. I do like the idea for the special ed goal of friendship, but I think it needs to be a little more expansive. Um, I feel like there are many other special education students in different levels of programming that would really benefit from an increase in social activities and connections in the community. Um, and that would also help them when we reintegrate to school, um, that they can sort of work on some building relationships and then increasing social um, activities in and out of school. Um, so take it as a, a bit broader than just friendships for students in specific programs. I think this is um, something that I hear a lot from a lot of special education parents that there's, their child is feeling isolated and it could be a student who you know is has um, ADHD but hasn't made um, connections with other children. So I think I think it needs to be a little bit broader than just specific programs. I think a lot of students would benefit both our general education students and our special education students. Thank you. I think that's a great point. And I think that I'm sort of imagining that these two topics both as umbrellas with sort of, you know, um, uh, I guess, I don't know, if, or trees, if you want, with sort of branches that, um, you know, are part of the, the trunk that we're thinking about. So with the trauma sort of being what, you know, one trunk and, and friendship being another, but we're thinking about how we're branching out on those. And I think you know, this program that's an exemplar program, exemplary program in our schools is a great example of one of the branches. But again, community friendships is another great example. And so I think as we break down those goals into, you know, future meetings and thinking about what, you know, what a, uh, measurable objectives we'll have for those goals can be really helpful. Um, and so I think this was just really a start to identify those two topics and bring us all to the same table and introduce um, ourselves to each other. Um, and so I think as we move forward, um, what I would suggest is that we schedule um, meetings and it looks like we'd probably end up doing, um, at this point, I was thinking about this last night, um, you know, if we have, if we imagine sort of a 10 month school year, 
um, we could do um, five and five, you know, monthly, um, you know, maybe alternating every month or something, um, the, the topic so that we're looking at goals and people are welcome to attend, obviously, the subcommittee meeting for all of those, or if your interest is generally on the trauma and behavioral health, and you, you know, you're not able to look at the friendship one, then it might be a way to stagger. But I'm wondering what my colleagues, um, Mia and Paul are thinking about things. Oh. Melanie. Am I unmuted? I am, okay. I just wanted to make two mentions so we um, have them on the list moving forward. The work with the McGlenn Playground to make sure that someone from this committee or from the special ed community is on that committee as the McGlenn Playground goes out to bid. And the second part, when we're talking about friendship, um, it's great in school, but I think out of school is, where a lot of friendships happen and maybe partner with the recreation department to do something there. Um, because I know both Kevin and Joe, um, not Joe, that's his little brother, Kevin and Danny are always willing to work with community partnerships. Yes. Those are great ideas, Mia. Thank you so much. And we were really happy to see their adaptive soccer program um, for the spring. And that's something that we have been talking with them about. Um, and, um, they have participated in previous subcommittee meetings, so we'll make sure that um, Kevin or Danny is invited in the future, and I think you're absolutely right, and and even broadening, you know, beyond that as we're thinking about the um, the recreational basketball programs that we have in Medford, you know, we, Tanya was talking about, there's an amazing, um, you know, Special Olympics event that occurs every year right. at Hormel that is primarily, you know, um, uh, supported through Malden High School and Malden volunteer students and they've been doing that for some time and really Medford students should be very involved in that as well and it's a great opportunity right. and it is a really good friendship building experience so I think you're right thinking about those pieces I think that's just another branch of it but I appreciate you saying that Paul I think your question was around the scheduling and I'm fine with the every I mean but I have a rather flexible schedule under normal circumstances. So I'm certainly don't have any problems with the scheduling. Great. Um, so I, I don't know that we wanna, you know, in the last few minutes, try to actually schedule the next meeting, unless we do, do people wanna try to schedule the next meeting? Um, and we could again, stagger sort of the, the topic so that we do, if we're doing five and five, we can do behavioral um, health slash trauma. Um, and you know, special education slash, slash community friendships, um, and you know, um, checkerboard. But again, obviously, everyone here and everyone in the community is welcome to attend all of those. But um, it is what is the date today? April sixteenth. Um, so we have ostensibly two months left. Oh, the superintendent. Yep. Yes, I I wanted to say from a scheduling uh, perspective, if it was possible. Um, where I looked at the calendar and today was the third Thursday. Um, if it's something where we could try to keep it consistent, you know, I know vacations and all of those things come into play, but if it ends up being something like that, then I'm able to um, hard schedule it myself so that I can definitely try to, you know, be at a hundred percent of the meetings if possible or 90 something percent. And um, I mean, I know we're on an, uh, an alternate schedule right now, 
but it just would be helpful so that if we know the third Thursday of the month, the second and fourth Thursday are regular meetings. And then as we start adding um, other subcommittee meetings at another point in time, if people select different days, it will just, even if it ends up being five days of the week, but it's on different weeks, it'll be more manageable because it is very difficult when multiple meetings get scheduled back to back to back. So I just I wanted to offer that. Thank you. I love that idea. And I know that we've been working with Stacy Shulman and um, Joan Bowen and CPAC and uh, others have been working with a regularly scheduled meeting. Um, uh, and it really helps to rem remember when the meeting is and sort of the monthly meeting. So I am happy with the third Thursday that works for me. And um, if that's okay with other folks, we can sort of be looking at that and I'll look, I'll do the work of looking at the calendar. I see a thumbs up from Mia um, I'll, and Paul. Great. I'll look at the calendar and you can slot us in um, Maurice for the third Thursday at this point. Um, and we'll look at the calendar and checkerboard what we're doing. Um, and we're, we've got just um, a little bit uh, about five minutes left to the meeting. And I'm wondering if there's anyone that, wanted to talk that hasn't had a chance to and I apologize because I can only see the one page. Oh yeah, Carla, please. Um, I agree with Joan, um, you know, very much so that, you know, friendship, there are more students on IEPs than just the kids in my classroom. Um, and friendship is something that we do hear a lot. You know, um, parents, they want to make meaningful friendships for their students. And that's not something that we can always guarantee. But what we can do is provide that social opportunity. So I think a term that sticks with me that might, you know, be better going forward is expanding those social opportunities for students. Um, you know, my overall goal is to make a more inclusive community and to have a very inclusive, you know, um, I guess, recreational opportunity for students. Um, just with my experience, you know, sports is very meaningful to me. And that's where I see where a lot of those opportunities can come from. So I'm really interested um, in pairing with the recreation program as well. Thank you. And we've done some legwork on that already. So um, and that getting to what um, Mia Mastone was saying about the inclusive playground at the McGlynn too, that's something that um, I'm not sure if you know Shanine Peliquin, Carla, but um, Janine um, is a recre inclusive recreation sort of specialist and also worked for what was formerly EMARC and is now Communitas, which is the um, disability or our equivalent of the ARC um, that is sort of um, the uh, local community uh, support for a disability. But I think there's a lot of great opportunities in our community from, you know, the Walnut Street Center to the Recreation Department to um, uh, uh, just uh, after school programs, Girl Scouts, you know, all, you know, sorts of opportunities. So I think breaking those downs are, down is really great. And I think you're right about the sports piece. It's a way to just um, seamlessly include people. And Tanya, I know you've had a lot of experience with the Challenger baseball program, which is again out of Malden. Um, so Malden's been doing, you know, this for a while and they're really great. Um, talk about exemplars. We've got exemplars in the community. Tony, did you, were you raising your hand? No? Okay. Um, so is there anyone else in this last few minutes that has anything they want to add? Let me just check on the second page. Hold on. No, I am not seeing anyone. Oh, Michael, Mr. Scorker, yeah. Uh, I just want to build on what everyone was saying about the community input. That's, um, it's really important. I think especially now, like I think Carla mentioned that, you know, athletes are not playing sports and people are not 
able to get involved in their community as they would like to. So, um, you know, follow, if you follow on the CCSR page, we have a lot of events that are happening. Um, the first that comes to my mind is um, we are putting together what's, what we're calling a virtual music theater, which is going to be from K to 12. So if you know anybody that would like to participate and they're sitting at home and they're looking for something to do, all are, all are welcome. Um, we have a lot of events happening like that and that have happened. Like we had a Medford Porch Jam um, last week for, we sang the song Imagine together at the same time to try to build solidarity and community. So just keep a lookout on our social media pages. We are, we are not stopping. The CCSR is continuing to go on and on um, until we are able to get back to school, but there's gonna be a lot of opportunities to participate in the community from home. So just be on the lookout for those. Thank you. We appreciate that. We appreciate everyone that was able to take the time out of their day to be here today. And we, um, uh, we have a recording of this that will be available on the community access station. Um, if there are folks that you think are interested that weren't able to be in the meeting today, but also we'll put some minutes together and I have your, I'll put a list of who attended today and um, I'll generate an email um, list if I can get everyone's email. I'm sure I'll be able to find you if, um, if I don't have your email and uh, send out information on the next meeting for folks that would like to come. And if there's anything else that you wanted to add but didn't feel comfortable doing so in this forum, please um, feel free to email me and um, we look forward to working together. I think we have some important and um, good work to do together. So thank you all. Stay safe. Yes, stay safe, everyone. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. 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 Thank, thank you. you. Bye. -bye.